Welcome to Breaking Business Barriers, where we believe that choosing to go all in is the only way to create true freedom in your business and life. Now join your hosts, Brent Duhame, Dr. Joseph Kay, and Brandon Straza, as they talk to industry leaders, veteran CEOs, and cutting edge entrepreneurs about the tough decisions they made on their way to success. This is Breaking Business Barriers. Welcome to another episode of Breaking Business Barriers, Open Court Friday. I am your co-host, Brandon Straza, The Real Naked Agent, along with Dr. Joseph K. And Brett Duhin. And today we are going to bring in NFL opinions along with entrepreneurial and pay structures with the minimum wage. I know you're sitting there saying, what are these guys doing and how does this correlate? But hey, a majority of this country is run off of small businesses. And when we constantly get to hear about the sports players, what they do and how they get paid, it, it really kind of raises an eyebrow. And I was listening to Shannon Sharp and Skip Bayless yesterday. And that's really what kind of sparked this along with our Open Court Friday conversation from last week. BD, why don't you kick it off and, and give us kind of your opinion in the sports world with these guys wanting to get paid above and beyond or what they should be getting paid in the minimum wage or above wage pay world? Well, for talking specifically NFL, that rings true about this time of year as, as uh, the fellows are in camp and, and working their tail off. You go back to the, the day these, these kids are drafted, they're, they're, signing, they're signing relatively short-term contracts, but keep in mind the average NFL player is around or in the NFL, in the league for about three years. So it's really, really important that they get their money up front. Can't blame them. And if you're outside of the outside of the first three rounds, that money, you know, by, by all intents and purposes is pretty good. But when you consider the longevity, it's not what, whatsoever. And what, what we see and what we're seeing right now are NFL holdouts. Guys that have done really well in their first two years of the contract, They've got uh, either two or three years left on on their original deal, but they're they're gonna they're gonna hold out and they're holding out with the hopes of uh, getting getting more money. And a holdout means they're not showing up to practice. They're working out, but they're not showing up to practice. Joseph, yeah. like you and I've had some pretty intense conversations recently about this when it comes to the pay and then kind of bring us over to the entrepreneurial small business world of the minimum wage, if you wouldn't mind. Yeah, well, I think what you and I talked about, um, obviously, we talked about NFL players and I'm generally of the mind that um, that NFL players, like Brent said, they got a, a very short window. They got to make their money when they can. Uh, that all makes perfect sense to me. Uh, Sports is a great analogy for business, but often only in the sense that it's the exception to the rule, you know? And what you and I had talked about is minimum wage. And you had said, you had asked me the question, if would higher paid people willingly give up some of their money to help out lower paid people? And it's a weird way to put it, uh, but I think it's a great question. And my answer was, yeah, you know, you see it all the time. Now, the caveat there is only in the sense that the higher paid people understand that it benefits them in the long run. But so often you see waitresses tip out busboys, thus voluntarily lowering their pay to help out lower paid people. Uh, very often I see 
businesses give, uh, you know, buy lunches for referral partners or do this, that, or whatever, essentially lowering their pay to help out others. Now, they're not doing this altruistically or out of the goodness of their heart. They're doing this out of the understanding that there's like a shared ecosystem and the people at the bottom of that ecosystem have to make out okay for everything to work. You know, if you have the vast majority of people on minimum wage and minimum wage won't cover anything, then you either have the people at the higher end subsidizing them through taxes anyway, or you have a bunch of people with pitchforks and torches at the gates. You know, that's, that's it. That's how history works. So Yeah, absolutely. I'm going to throw out a couple of stats there that I looked up, and this is from the SBA office, Small Business Association. 53% of employees are employed by small businesses. So that's 500 uh, employees or less in a company. In that, let's get to what really sparked this. Shannon Sharp yesterday, and I'm going to paraphrase what he said. He said, listen, if I'm making $100,000 a year and they come to me and they say, Peggy from accounting needs, you know, we need to find a way to keep her on and pay her. And I need you to take a $25,000 pay cut in order to keep Peggy, Shannon Sharp sits there and says, nope, sorry, it's not for me. I'm, I'm not willing to, to give back in order to make the ecosystem better. And I'm curious what the rest of the country, now I know those numbers are a lot larger than what minimum wage are, and we'll get into that, but I'm wondering what the rest of the country, how they would sit there and feel if they say, hey, listen, you've got to give back in order to keep Peggy on or someone like a Peggy. And so, some of the numbers out there. In 1996, the minimum wage was 4.75 an hour, which is just over 9,800 a year. Today, or I'm sorry, uh, since the Obama administration, the national minimum average, and yes, there are states, there are cities that have higher ones than this, but the national minim minimum average um, is $7.25, which is 15000 a year. That's, that's not a, a wage that anyone can live off of in, in this country. And right now we're sitting there saying, you've got a lot of people uh, out there saying, we need to raise it to $15 an hour. And I sit there as a small business owner and say, listen, can't be done. We have taken too long to raise these wages at, at a rate. And I, I don't know how that, why it's taken so long. But if we go from 725, and I know some places they're eight, some nine, some 10, and, and some higher, small businesses can't afford to keep on employees uh, unless they all come together and say, hey, we're each going to take a little bit less. And Joseph, I'm going to throw it back to you as I was sitting there saying, well, what if the owner of the small business comes and says, I'm going to take a 5% cut as long as our other top three employees take a 5% cut so we can keep Peggy on. How do you think that small businesses will succeed or be able to get other employees on to understand that? Because again, we're talking 53% of the country is employed by entrepreneurs, small businesses. Well, I, look, I think that uh, there's a lot to unpack there, but I think, um, of course, look, of course you could pay everybody on the planet $15 an hour. You know, I'm not saying it wouldn't be, you know, uncomfortable for some people, but frankly, all you would have to do is like probably take, and again, I, I'm not advocating this by any stretch, but look, okay, so Bezos makes three quarters of what he currently makes. Everybody on the planet gets a raise, you know, I mean, like it could be done. It's just that we're not going to do it that way because that's not the way we're built and it stifles competition. So as far as like, could it actually technically be done? Well, of course it could. I mean, all that stuff could be done. As far as the individual employee saying, having a boss come to him or her and saying, I need everyone to take a 25% pay raise so we can raise our lowest paid people up higher. 
I don't know. I mean, I think that would work, but only based on a couple things. One is that you got to trust the guy proposing you that deal. You know, um, if the guy proposing you that deal is like shifty about it or is using double speak or something to that effect, of course, you're not going to take it. And second would be across the spectrum of that industry. Like we'll just take a car dealership, for instance, if car dealership A says, I need everyone to take a quarter pay cut to raise the lowest person up and car dealership B is giving everybody raises. Well, no, people that work for car dealership A are just going to be like, I'm going to go work for car dealership B. You know, I mean, we're talking like some real theoreticals here that may have happened like during the auto bailout or during certain financial crises in which everyone across an industry was faced with the same set of variables. Yeah. You know, I, I sit there and say, I know you use the Jeff Bezos example, which in this case, I'm looking more small business because a majority of the country is not run by the Jeff Bezos of the country and don't have 50 million or whatever they're making plus their bonuses yeah. a year. But the small business yeah. owner, I don't see where they're going to be able to cut that to all of a sudden double because the individual making seven twenty five, and I'm not saying that that's what someone is making right. in a small business place. The people that are making twenty bucks an hour should now come and say, "Hey, they just got a seven eight dollar raise. Well, I yeah, want a seven or eight dollar raise. Where do, where does it stop? And where does the small business owner sit there and say, "Well, listen, I just I can't stay in business." Well, the small business owner is part of an ecosystem too, right? And like, if the small business person is essential to the running of the country, then it'll get figured out. It'll absolutely get figured out. Um, you, you can't have people making $7 an hour. That just doesn't work. It doesn't work anywhere, you know, Agreed. in the United States. Um, and so if the small business owners are getting squeezed by their suppliers or the people above them, then maybe it's not the small business owner's problem. Maybe, it's, maybe the small business owners are in the same position as the person making $7 an hour. And maybe instead of the small business owner and the employee fighting amongst themselves, Maybe the small business owner and the employee should be teaming up to fight some other economic force that's causing both of them to suffer. Yep. You know, I mean, there's, there's, this is getting kind of like in a weird theoretical area. But at the end of the day, if you start with the premise that no one can live off of seven dollars an hour, which I believe is true, then you have to work upward from there and and figure it out in that way. Yeah, absolutely. All right, BD, you've had more businesses than either Joseph or I. So give us the analogy, give us the reality of, of what you feel you've just heard from the sports and from the small business side of the entrepreneurial spirit. Well, the big difference between, and again, we'll reflect on the NFL, if you're an undrafted free agent, meaning you're not drafted in the first seven rounds, you are at the bottom of the of the economic uh, scale in the, in, the, in the league. And meanwhile, these guys don't have choices. So when they're drafted, they have to go to a team even though they're contract employees, as well as they uh, basically their, their compensation slotted. There's very little negotiation in there, maybe for a few things here and there. Uh, it's slotted, come in, here's what you pay if you're the number 10 pick, bingo. Kind of goes the same way on the on the scale of hourly wage. In twenty nine in twenty nineteen, the trading uh, trading economics has some data out there. The average U.S. hourly wage is over twenty three dollars an hour, somewhere mm. somewhere near twenty three and a half, and that uh, included uh, uh, labor statistics from uh, the U.S. Bureau. Uh, so when you when you think about it like that. Uh, you know, how many, what percentage of America is at minimum wage or near it? And it kind of goes like in the undrafted free agent, in, in, in my opinion. Now, if 
every U.S. business is forced to go up to, let's just say, $15 an hour, some businesses will, um, will have to shutter. They'll either cut, cut additional staff. Maybe they've got a culture where they sit down around a table and figure it out. You know, maybe uh, everyone gives in a little bit. Uh, or we see businesses shut. And, and it's pretty simple. One of two things. Now, prices could rise. Services for good, goods and services could go up. But then how does that impact the rest of, uh, the, rest of uh, the economic scale, in my opinion? Yeah, absolutely. And I just want to state real quick, I, uh, I completely agree with what Joseph's saying. I agree with Brent's saying. And I, 725 is bananas. I think our, we, we really botched it that we haven't raised the minimum wage fast enough over the last 10 years. Like we should have been raising it on average. I mean, it's what, it's doubled since 96 to 2008, 2009. And since then, it really hasn't, the national, the, the, the national required amount hasn't really changed. So no, I think it should go up. I think we just, we took too long to rip the Band-Aid off and slowly allow that, that wage increase to happen. I just think it's going to be very difficult in some aspects for some small businesses to be able to make it from there because if it gets ripped off, you know, what happens to the bottom line? Sorry, Joseph. Yeah. No, I think the scarier part is what, what is the future of small business to, to be perfectly honest with you, because, um, you know, I would challenge any of us to think of 10, 10 types of small business and then justify how they could do what they do better than like an Amazon. You know, really, I mean, like there's a, it's just a scary time right now. Small businesses have to be quick and fast and innovative and they have to do things very differently. And sometimes you can't do all of that and bring on a staff and pay them a wage that makes them feel happy to go to work. It's tough. Yeah. I mean, all good points. And I think it comes from places of, of knowledge, um, of research, and, uh, and of passion from all three of us. So listen, I'd love to hear your comments on this, um, where you think, uh, you know, from a sports perspective or from a small business, employee, employer standpoint, reach out to us, make your comments. You might not like what we have to say, but uh, it, they're, they're all genuine comments. So please, uh, we'd love to hear from you. Again, my name is Brandon Strauss, The Real Naked Agent, along with Dr. Joseph K. And Brent Duhame. We'll see you on the airwaves. You've been listening to Breaking Business Barriers. For more information, or if you have a compelling story to tell, find us on Facebook at Open Media Source.